Okay, well, welcome to the podcast that yet doesn't have a name. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a name. By the time you're watching this, it'll hopefully have a name. Uh, we're here today with Nella. Um, if you want to do a quick, quick five-second intro of yourself. Cool, my name is Nella Zuzer. I'm a third-year medical student. Uh, I own a restaurant called Tuxin Bao. We have two locations, one in Takapuna and one in Newmarket, and now a new food truck. Oh, I don't even know about that. Uh, oh, really? It's it's parked outside Basement Theater. Is that in... Town. Yeah. And that's brand new? It's brand new. Yeah, we got it last weekend. Okay, we'll talk about the restaurant stuff. Anyway, so before we actually get started onto things, we'll do... We'll, you've brought in some food. Yeah. Which is great. And um, if you're just listening on a podcast, you can't see this. So that's incentive for you to follow us on everything else. And we don't actually know what it is yet. Neither do I. I have a good idea though. And um, it's quite a lot of food, given that that's only half of the quantity. <laughs> I don't. Chips. I don't even know if this is. Um, I know that's chips. Possible for us to actually finish, especially since we're going to be talking. However, eating challenge. Yeah. So stay tuned for another video where we do an eating challenge. <laughs> um. Okay. So while we eat and unbox let's just go through a little bit of stuff so the reason that i've invited you on here and this is why i was telling you this before is because i think there is a quite a stereotypical idea about what a medical student is yeah. right would you agree like most people i do agree yeah and and you know what people think is that to get into medicine you have to be this ultra studious super razor like nothing else going on in your life other than study you know you typically think of just like like a nerd, really. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the reality is that actually a lot of medical students are quite balanced. Uh, some of them are pretty extreme, but a lot of them are quite balanced, right? Yeah. But you, you're kind of like not you, you're like a level beyond <laughs> balanced, and that you're really nothing like it's pretty much. If you were to list all the characteristics of a stereotypical medical student, I fit none. <laughs> you're, yeah, you just fit none of them, um, apart from. I think maybe being female because it's probably like a slight <laughs> higher proportion oh, really? of females. And I think it's, I think. it's pretty 50, 50, I think. Well, yeah. So, um, so can you tell, tell us a bit about your journey into medicine? Let's, let's start from, um, up until the day you decided I'm going to try to get into med school. Okay. Uh, oh wow. This is a long story though. Um, I first started thinking about medicine when I was living in Golden Bay after the Christchurch earthquakes. Uh, I didn't really know that much about med. I didn't know how to get in. I had never done science at high school or anything, so I had no clue about it at all. I just found it interesting. Uh, I started going to the library and getting out like anatomy books because where we lived, we had no internet reception. <laughs> and where was that? Uh, it was like, it was Takaka, but it was like an hour away from Takaka. So it was this place called Puponga and it's like right by Feral Spit. I'm guessing that we're not going to have listeners from there. No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's kind of when I first started thinking about it. And I kind of like put that at the back of my head because basically I was just trying to get settled and like find a house and stuff. So I wanted to move up to Auckland for modeling. Um, so did that a few years later, like mo did modeling, did a few other jobs. Um, I decided to go back to uni to go to uni at all because I wasn't actually going to go to uni. 
So what, what was that? What was the kind of mindset that you were in that you were saying, okay, I'm not even going to go to uni? Well, I mean, like, I grew up really poor, so uni was never really, uh, it was never an option. It was, no one ever talked about it. Like, maybe five people from my school, like, not that many people have actually gone to university, and most who did dropped out or right. like, you know. So we, you, you've told me about your school multiple times before, yeah. but just <laughs> like, you know, it's, I love when you talk about it, just, you know, because it's just it such a- It was just a, a mess. <laughs> I, think, I think they've uh, they've changed it now. It's probably a bit better now. They've changed the name as well. Yeah. Who knows why? Um, <laughs> we, won't, we won't say the name. <laughs> we guess. won't say the name, <laughs> but, but um, let's just say it was, they didn't really care about NCA or they didn't really push you to do anything. It was more like, you have to be motivated and do your own learning. But the thing is, they didn't really give us any foundation to kind of start on that. Mm. So I didn't even know how to learn. Like, I mean, I taught myself, but I've never been taught by a teacher at that school actually how to sit down and learn something. Right. So it was all just do it yourself kind of. Yeah, do what you want, do it yourself. Like, they didn't even care if you didn't turn up for classes. I used to skip out classes and just go to the gym and no one knew for like nine months until they were like, oh, you haven't been to school in a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a while to take. Yeah, and um, by that time I had a full time job. I didn't really care, but yeah. So your your priorities and your focus was completely different. Yeah, in you know in life in general. I mean, that's what that's not what most high school students, let alone you know your ideal future med student. Yeah, that's Def- not really de- what they're definitely quite far from the normal typical med student. Okay, so we'll we'll jump back and then so you you pretty much out of high school you were working. And uh, then what was a series of events that led you to say, okay, uni, let alone medicine might be something worth a shot? Well, if it wasn't for the earthquake, I would have never ended up in Auckland and I would have never gone to university, I don't think. Probably not, most likely not. But uh, just like, I started thinking about it when I was up here, this is after a few years, and like was kind of sick with modelling, had already done the YouTube stuff for a while, and was just like really really keen to go do something i was actually going to go do computer science because i was doing freelance web web, web developing Mm -hmm. so i was doing like graphic design i was doing like websites for people i was doing press releases like that kind of just a lot of just like everything social media kind of like computer related so i wanted to go and do computer science to learn that better and i went to aut and did like a foundation year and during that foundation year i met someone who was actually going to go apply for med Mm. and they basically we're not friends anymore, but they basically taught me like the process of like how to apply and um, how to get in and what you needed to do, like GPAs and all that. Because I, I didn't even know what a GPA was. Right. <laughs> when I was at AET, I didn't know what a GPA was. Let alone needing to get an almost perfect yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, had no clue. Um, and yeah, so I ended up applying. I actually applied halfway through the year, which I didn't realize you couldn't do. And then they emailed me. They're like, do you want to do medicine or like pharmacy or something because you need to like cancel that and reapply at the beginning of the year and I'm like oh okay so I had to do like an extra half year I just did half year of biomed Mm. at AUT which is nothing like Auckland University biomed (laughs) can can we just like appreciate that it was very very (laughs) basic compared to it Mm. um yeah I was actually surprised I never failed a paper at AUT because I was not very good at studying I had to kind of just teach myself so so where did where did the um sort of I guess, because you've talked about a lot of things, you know, you've been working for a long time yeah. and then it seems like a really big change of pace. What was it about moving up to Auckland then? What were you, what what was your thought process like that actually led you to really change direction? It was that kind of like fight or flight, like 
I knew that my situation was shit and I knew that it wasn't going to get any better because of like, you know, where my family came from. And mm. I knew staying, going back to Christchurch was just a terrible idea. And like my mum wanted to go back really badly and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not living there again. Like no way. Mm. So I just kind of fought for it. And yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So actually, when did you move up to Auckland? So I was eight, I was 18, almost 19 when I moved up to Auckland. Right. And that was just after the earthquake. Uh, yeah, so after the earthquake, I spent three months in Golden Bay, and after that, we came right. to Auckland. Okay, interesting. Because th- so that's almost at the same time that I came up to Auckland from oh, yeah. Christchurch, right? Because <laughs> I, I came up mid straight away. <laughs> yeah, so I, I took a more typical path. <laughs> um, I tick like all the boxes, including <laughs> in, including like Asian <laughs> male. <laughs> yeah. Um, so OCD. <laughs> yeah, Taipei personality, all the other things. Well, that ended up really well for me, obviously, in that. I'm not even a practicing doctor now. <laughs> so, well, um, how did the whole YouTube thing start? I mean, you kind of like just threw it in there, yeah, in your description. So, oh, yeah. like, what? Where did that come from? Um, basically, open some of food. Basically, uh, one day my mum was like, "Hey, you should enter this eating contest. It was Sal's Pizza mm-hmm. eating competition." Uh, I said no. I was like, "No way in hell! I'm not doing that. That's embarrassing. Like, I'm not going to get up in front of people and do that." And she's like, oh, you should, you can, you should probably, like, you'd win. And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't win. Uh, so she kept on convincing me, and I kept on saying no. And then on the very last day, it was New Year's Eve, it was, like, the last day they were holding the qualifier. She was like, it's your last chance. So I was like, oh, crap, okay. So we went in at, like, 11.30 at night just before they closed, and I did it, and I set, like, a really good time. And they were, like, quite shocked. They are like, wow, okay. So... So that was your, uh, give give people just, if they're not really familiar with the whole competitive eating scene, what's the sort of one-liner of that? Like, if you, if you were to explain to someone that has never heard of it. It's like, it's like a sport, but instead of like running or swimming, you're eating really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, and so you built kind of your YouTube channel yeah. off of that. Yeah. So I just, I just built it from there. I started doing challenges after that. And eventually one of my challenges just went viral and I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I was like, wow, I can make money from this mm. and this could be like a good second job or like third job or fourth job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your stuff has gone viral. I've, it's gone viral a number of times now. Yeah, you it know, continuously I've goes viral, just like even old videos you kind of come up. So how, how many total um, subscribers or views are you sitting on at the moment? Uh, so on YouTube, I've currently got, I think, 215K and like my video with the most views is like over 5 million kind of da- goes down from that but a few of them sort of a million or over yeah and so that's this is now this is again on top of you studying the yep. anti-medical school yep. <laughs> as well as opening up your restaurant yep. that all this food is is from which we i'm really looking forward to actually eating yeah that but looks pretty good we had a good chef on today so <laughs> yeah so nice. um so there's you know there naturally there will be a number of questions that kind of pop into into mind Except for just, you know, what the heck um, with all the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. How do you manage the restaurant and the YouTube and the study? And I think now is a good time to also say that that study is not just study because you also have dyslexia. Yeah. So I'm very, very dyslexic. Like, I'll mix up real simple stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I... In case, um, you know, our listeners don't have a great idea, I work with a lot of students that have dyslexia. And uh, if, you know, any, you know, moderate to severe dyslexia, it's a real challenge for 
basic normal kind of Western style education to just churn through textbooks, especially something as content heavy as, as pre-med yeah. and medicine. Like during pre-med, I basically wrote no notes. I tried in the beginning and I just, I couldn't because it was, it was just not working for me at all. Um, so, so it means that the, the challenge of actually studying is, is yeah. a lot greater. So most people struggle with just the study and like study and sleep and eating. The thing was like, during pre-med, I was actually like, I was well slept. Like I didn't, I didn't care. Like, I believe you <laughs> that you were well slept. What I want to know is how did you kind of overcome that? Because, you know, some people will just say, you know, they've got overwhelming genius of academic ability. No, and I'm, I'm stupid. Like I will admit it right here, right here. I'm, I'm not super intelligent or anything. So you're, well, we'll just say your academics is not your strong point. Nope. So how are you, how were you able to actually maintain such a high level of academic rigor? on top of doing everything else? I just, like, I, d I stopped going to lectures within a few weeks because I couldn't really take it. Like, all the people around me, just, like, it just added to the stress, all the rumours, and so I actually stopped going. I'd just go to tutorials and, like, labs and stuff. And basically, I'd just study at home, and I wouldn't actually study that hard, like, probably only a couple hours a day, and then just leading up to the exams, I'd maybe cram a little bit, but I'd never lose sleep. Mm. And I'd just go into the exam, I'd just try my best. And if I didn't, know something I would just you know move I'd I think one thing I did that a lot of people couldn't do in pre-med was if I did badly at something I would just say okay well it's already done I'm just gonna move on and I'm gonna try yeah I like, agree I remember getting um I, I was getting like not high 90s in all my tests and stuff and then I remember getting bio back and I got 84 and like I cried for maybe an hour <laughs> and then I was like nah, I'm not gonna cry anymore like I need to just get yeah. over it and just I, like uh, there's still a chance as long as I do really well in the exam, I'll be mm -hmm. fine. So, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there's going to be people listening that are like cried over an 84, you know, it's like, <laughs> I've never even, I know I would, I would love to have had like an 84 now, but yeah, I'm so, never going to see that kind of grade again. <laughs> yeah. So I think people need to recognize that actually the, the requirement of grades for, yeah, and it's gone up is, as well. Like since yeah. I did mid, it's gone up. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's above 90 is kind of generally the safe, the safe, yeah. zone so 84 is actually um yeah because it's not yeah. just one grade boundary below, I actually, it's two. i remember having a chat with you like i think it was like halfway through the year and i told you my grades and i told you how i was doing and you're like you know what there's a very slim chance of you getting in <laughs> I, I think i said that i think i said that we need to really ace the interview um but luckily i thought that you'd do well in the interview which clearly yeah. you, you did yeah i feel uh, like that's the only thing like i walked out of that interview feeling really really good yeah well f and for good reason so you and then because the I think your your grade just from a grades point of view. Yeah. You were well, I mean, I had eight GPA overall, and that was the lowest GPA to get in through general entrance in my yeah. year. Okay. Yeah. And were you on wait on the wait list as well? No. no. So, so not even wait listed. Away, yeah. So that you you know that means that your interview must have just been. Yeah, I've only met I've probably met about five other people that had an eight as well that were general entrance, and they're they're all really nice people. So you yeah. can see why. Yeah. So, uh, so so we've gone through kind of a really brief look through your life leading up to you getting into med. Yeah. What's been, has it, has it been any difference in the way that you have perceived medicine now that you're kind of on the other side of the fence? Not really, but I think because I came in at like an, as an older student, I had already had some experience. I already knew, like I'd already researched and I knew what the, what the job would be like. Like I knew it wasn't going to be like saving patients mm -hmm. and stuff all the time. I knew there'd be a lot of paperwork. I knew that 
sometimes it would be shit. I knew yeah. it would be long hours. So I kind of came into it knowing that. So I didn't really ever have that mid-fantasy that a lot of people have. That, that romance they, around yeah, it. Yeah, get, that totally gets crushed when they're in med school and then they end up hating it and like wanting to change because I always knew that it was going to be shit. Mm. But for me, because like I want a job where I can wake up every day in the morning and actually like feel like I'm being fulfilled and doing something right. for other people because mm. that's going to make me feel good. Purpose-driven. Yeah. Yeah. S- and that's cha- that's still the same. Yeah, that's still now. the same. Like, I haven't changed. Like, obviously, med school gets hard sometimes. Like, I kind of cruised through second year, didn't do a lot of study, mm-hmm. just passed everything. And then third year kind of hit me a bit harder. Yeah, third year is... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, med school <laughs> will do that f- to you at some point. It's like a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you know, moving forward, the clinical years are sort of where you're kind of looking forward to, right? Because yeah, I think that's I sort of your wait. element. Like I love being in hospital. Even the small taste we got towards the end of this year was just really good. Like it kind of just reminded me why I was doing this and why I wanted to do medicine. Mm. So okay, let, let's let's focus in on uh, one aspect that I think people will just be generally curious about. The, the eating thing, what is the, um, like, what part of you does that sort of fulfill, I suppose? I think it's like, when I was younger, like, I was always really, like, I loved entertainment and just, like, I'd always, like, watch people, like, even, like, singers or actors or stuff, and I'd just be like, that's so cool, like, or people, like, gymnastics, like, any kind of entertainment, like, even sports people, like, I just thought it was really awesome I was like that would be really cool to like do that and have that kind of platform and like be able to like influence that many people so it was always like kind of in the back of my head and I was like I know someday I'm going to do something that that'll like that'll fulfill that for me Mm. and I never thought it would be eating but (laughs) you know it's worked and I think a lot of people will find that a weird concept to get their head around is that you're kind of equating competitive eating to like gymnastics or yeah. something like that. It How is does like that it is entertainment and it is a sport. Like you do need to train for it. It's not something that someone can just like, oh yeah, I like food. I'm gonna come and do this. You mm. actually need to think about it like strategically and go into it. Yeah. The same way you'd go into it like a race. Yeah, and I I will often feel like I'm trying to channel my inner Nello when I'm trying <laughs> to eat something, and I'm like, this is a lot Nella of food. Nello could do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, exactly. I think about what you told me before, and I just think, just turn off the pain, just turn <laughs> off the pain, and just Zone shovel out. the food in. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting that it's just something that I think a lot of people won't consider as a sport. It's certainly not typical. Yeah, in New Zealand, like, probably not. But in America, like, they consider that a sport. It's yeah. shown on ESPN. Like, you know, it's a big thing over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are there are podcasts that are done with, um, I actually forget his name, the Japanese. Uh, Kobayashi? Yeah, who and he talks about his kind of training regime, and you just think that's yeah. mental. I mean, it's just nuts the, the lengths that he'll go to, to train. Yeah. Um, and uh, not only that, but it's something that's uh, kind of misunderstood or at least not really appreciated by some or there's a, k- a kind of a love hate relationship between yeah. general public i would say and people love eating. it but then they also love to hate it so it's like oh yeah this, this is stupid this is dumb like you're wasting food which is silly because humans waste way more food than that anyway but yeah, and it's not like, like you're eating like that yeah, every meal everyone who watches it like at home alone like they secretly like it <laughs> like i've got haters on my videos and stuff but they're all watching my videos they're mm. all subscribed to me so they must deep down like it or why would they waste their time yeah know? so how do, how how is that actually being on such a public platform having so many people that are watching your videos yeah at the same time being so i guess like hated upon by some of these people 
Basically, you just get used to it. Like, when I was younger, I was bullied really bad. So I think from that, I, like, built up resilience over the years because basically every school I went to, I was bullied. There wasn't, there wasn't a single time mm. in my life that I wasn't being bullied by someone. Mm. So I think that kind of built up the resilience. And then with, like, the earthquake, I kind of regressed after that and had a bit of PTSD. But, uh, you know, once all that was kind of over and I kind of grew a lot stronger from that now, little comments like that don't even bother me i just laugh at them like right. i'll laugh i'll show my friends or like my mom and we'll just have a good laugh about it yeah and you even you know like post it up on your instagram yeah and yeah I, i'll I've post it on snapchat like i normally post funny comments and stuff on snapchat because like my fans enjoy that like after one of those posts i get like 50 messages from people like ripping into whoever said it <laughs> yeah so i think i i mean i i just think that that's just crazy to kind of get my even just to get my head around is that there are not only are these people like actively probably consuming all of your content yeah. and then they're making the effort to actually leave the comments on the videos that they are wanting to see yeah. more of kind of like dissing you for producing the content <laughs> yeah. that they want to see. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what it's <laughs> so basically it what it is. It's like, you know, anyone who takes the time to write a mean comment on YouTube, why do you care about what they say anyway? And did you actually, did you start this, when when did it all start? So YouTube stuff started, I think like 2016. So probably about a year before I started pre-med. Right. So you were kind of, I suppose you could say recovered from the PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, by that point. yeah, I was only like, it was pretty bad after the earthquake, like in Golden Bay, I was not, I was not well. Mm. But I reckon probably about a year after I came to Auckland, just once we got settled and once I had like a really good job, like I was doing freelancing and I was doing modeling and. It was all going pretty well. I was making like a decent amount of money and able to support like, my mum and stuff. Yeah. I think that I just kind of like grew away from that kind of, I was very shy. I was very like anxious. And mm -hmm. I think once I was stable, I kind of lost that part of me, which was good. Mm. And where do you see, because you've obviously grown a lot from your non-med experiences. Where do you yeah. see all of that going, you know, with all the med stuff going on as well? Where do you see, how do you see that combining? I think that all, like, everything I've been through, I think is going to make me a better doctor. It's going to make me more understanding for people because, like, I feel like a lot of med students, they come from very, very privileged backgrounds and they don't quite understand what it's like to be brought up, like, poor. Sometimes, yeah. There's a little hint of ivory tower, kind of, that you can see Yeah, I feel sometimes. like I feel like some of them kind of know, but at the same time, they don't. And mm. occasionally, you'll, like, I'll hear a comment about, let's say we're learning about something and lectures talking about low socioeconomic or and people make like rude comments mm -hmm. and it's like they're gonna be like trying to help these people why yeah. are you don't like, really get it like i love jokes like i love banter but i feel like some things are kind of off limits and mm -hmm. with when you come from like a privileged background you don't get to make fun of those kind of things yeah. you know yeah well um i th think you're you know probably gonna make a great doctor um i think hopefully yeah well i'm, <laughs> if I'm sure i make it through med school <laughs> I'm sure you will, um, and I'm and I'm sure when you do make it on the other side, I think you'll be great. You'll probably make a better doctor than than I was because it seems like the intentions of what you're trying to do with that are more aligned, anyway. And I, I'm interested to see what happens with all the YouTube and the eating as you. I'm I'm struggling to imagine how you're going to maintain that when you're working. Yeah. As a doctor, I, I would love to see that happen after yeah, you finish your night shift. I've already had a, had a meeting in uni about all that, but... Uh, oh, yeah? It's probably not going to... I'm probably not going to be able to continue on the YouTube stuff once I 
Probably for like fourth, fifth, and sixth year I will, but I think once right. once I graduate, it's going to be longer hours, like kind of when you're fourth, fifth year. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's a lot of doctor YouTubers yeah. out there. I, I think what I'm going to do is I'll probably just change my content because, mm. you know, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that platform because yeah. it's really handy. Like if you want to promote something, you know, it's great. It's great to have that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I slowly change my content over the next few years, like some people hate it, but. But they already had. So I mean, what can I do wrong? Yeah. All right. Well, um, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for being the Thanks first ever me. person. Um, and let's quickly eat some food. Not that quickly, but at a Ratio? normal person's pace. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.